Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Contingency Plan Podcast. My name is Jedi Master David, and with me, as always, is Darth Austin. Hello, everyone. Well, it is Kenobi, uh, Kenobi Mania. Kenobi Mania is a month because it's over a month. Yeah, really. It's like three months of Kenobi. (laughs) Kenobi Mania is going to run wild all over May, brother. Do you think we'll uh, we'll be this obsessed with uh, any certain characters when Knights of the Old Republic comes out? (laughs) (laughs) Do three months of Mm. analyzing characters from that? (laughs) <laughs> well, certainly, I mean, we probably could, yeah, but I, I, I don't know about you, but like Obi-Wan Kenobi has always just been a, a fascinating character, I think, throughout, I mean, the, the originals, and then we we have young Obi-Wan, we get Jesus Obi-Wan, in <laughs> Clone Wars, you know, we get more serious Obi-Wan, yeah, so th- there's a lot of Obi-Wan, and the story that's going to eventually be told in the series is a story that's been told several times. So what I figured is in order to get us ready for the series is, Hey, let's speculate on if they're going to draw anything from legends. (laughs) Oh, that would (laughs) be a novel idea. (laughs) Yes. They've never done that before at all without a minor, minor improvisation. Or just, they've never done it just depends on, on what the medium is. You know (laughs) what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I hate to say it. I hate to, discredit obi-wan but i think it kind of just goes back to his close tie with uh qui-gon because the same thing with count dooku everything count related is always interesting to me just because of his tie-in yeah for sure for sure for sure i had also i had almost thought about just throwing in like master and apprentice for the hell of it just like it has nothing to do with this series but it's still good content of obi-wan so yeah i actually thought about that too it's, it's been a while since we we did that review i mean we did it basically when it came out um, oh yeah but yeah yeah I, I i think i think we've we've gone there we have went there we've done that so it's probably time to do <laughs> some other stuff and you know today we're, we're gonna go over kenobi the novel <laughs> kenobi <laughs> Uh, this was by the, by the way, I, I just wanted to throw it out there before we get started. Uh, did end up buying Lego Star Wars Ooh. Skywalker Saga. Yeah. Got through the uh, the prequels just this morning. And I'll throw it out there that everything related to Obi-Wan, like all his little quips and jokes, like the the fight with uh, General Grievous is just perfect. Nice. Like a, a Star Wars fan clearly wrote every joke for these games and they actually voice acted it really well for Kenobi and they uh a lot of the lines are pulled straight from the movie especially with the fight with like Anakin and Obi-Wan and Revenge of the Sith and yeah yeah for any diehard prequel fans I would really recommend getting that game just for that Mm -hmm. because it was it was a lot of fun going through all of it yeah uh, and I'm just gonna shout out one of the one of the boys here so Matt, who, you know, we, we, we used to do some, some collaborations on a couple podcasts. He has a bunch going on with, uh, with, you know, our mutual buddy Ez, but on his channel, I want to, yeah. So it was on his channel. It's super gains bros, uh, which I think is also his Twitter (laughs) handle. He's been doing a lot of like, you know, shorts with Lego star Wars and, and, and stuff like that. So yeah, go, go check that out. It, he does a lot of game stuff. Honestly, like, I wish he did more game stuff because, like, uh, that, that's always been something that, that's been really, you know, he's really passionate about, knows a lot about. So 
Uh, yeah. See one of the guys just doing all the uh, the little dialogue interactions between characters <laughs> that you see on YouTube constantly. There, there, there's there's the, he's he, there's been quite a bit, but yeah. But between Super Gains Bro, Super Gains Bros, and then uh, Box Trick was was his kind of gaming podcast. Uh, you know, check check that out. That's that's all been pretty pretty good stuff there. Um, but yeah, so we, we're going to go over the, the Kenobi novel here, which is something that I, I think we've both been talking about for a while and we just haven't done it yet. So now we're actually going to take the time and, and do it. This um, 2014, uh, written by John Jackson Jingleheimer Schmidt Miller, John Jackson Miller, old JJ, <laughs> you know, not not Abrams. But uh, yeah, so th- and th- this is one that I don't know about you, man, but I-, I hear a lot about. I hear a lot of people talk about this, although sometimes not always great. Uh, there was one review here that said that this is basically just a cross between Star Wars and Lonesome Dove. <laughs> or was it Dallas? One of those one of those shows. Well, I, I do want to call out there since we'll probably forget what we're talking about. There is actually a Dances with Wolves uh, joke in this so i mean i I get it there's a little bit of tropey stuff going on here but eh, i don't know i I feel like when you talk to anyone this is kind of the definitive what happened with obi-wan's story Mm -hmm. out of anything else you can think of so yeah i've been really excited to go through this actually let, let me let me draw that back a little bit the the first the 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 first the hardcover came out august 27th 2013 the paperback was released July 29th, 2014. So actually 2013 mm-hmm. is when this dropped. So not canon. It is Legends material now. But just barely. Yeah. <laughs> just missed the mark. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Just barely. Well, I mean, I, th- I think that it would have been either way. And right. uh, they've changed the cover a couple times too. The, the current cover, co- the current cover that you would see in Audible, I like the, the old cover. Uh, with with actual like you know you and McGregor kind of and then there's also a, yeah. a, the Brazilian cover art which is which is pretty pretty sick as well, right? And as far as like it not being canon anymore, I I hate to say it like I understand there is canon, but I don't even care at this point because one you really can't change the canon of the original movies. And two, this actually ties into the movies very well. It does. And like explains so many things so well that I don't care if Disney approves of it. To me, this is the definitive story explaining what happens directly after Revenge of the Sith. So yeah. I, well, we, we, I'm, I'm fine with it not being canon. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But anyway, we, we will get into that. I, I thought we'd chat a little bit about kind of some of the stuff that's, that's going to be coming up on the channel. We haven't really hardlined any of this, but... There are a few things we've been kicking around here. One, one of the biggest things we have to get to is May 4th, um, the Obi-Wan Kenobi comic uh, comes out. So that week we will be diving into that to take a look and see if that's any good. Um, We've also been talking about a couple of other books. Um, You know, Cloak of Deception was one that I thought of. The Approaching Storm, I think we've both talked about. That one's, mm-hmm. you know, th- those those two books are rated about a meh for the most part. Then there is The Life and Legend of Obi-Wan Kenobi, which was kind of like a young adult's uh, novel written in uh, 2008. 
and we'll kind of we'll kind of see a little bit of I don't know we'll see we'll see um, one that I did find kind of interesting and I'd never heard of these so apparently there's a series called The Last of the Jedi and the first book is called The Desperate Mission. This is a relatively short book uh, released in 2005, 168 pages. I would kind of like to fit this one in maybe just because why the hell not, really? Um, sure. And this is supposed to... Now, is this considered Legends as well, or is it actually canonized? No, no, no. I, I, th- this, I'm pretty sure, is is Legends. It, it, it was, you know, the funny thing is is published by Scholastic. It wasn't even like Del Rey. Um, oh, so a- anyway, yeah, I, I don't, I'm pretty sure mm, yeah, this, 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 no, it actually does has legends. So this is just legends. And this is like after, apparently after a year of Kenobi living on, on Tatooine. So I, I think that that might be kind of cool. Um, we are also talking about the Obi-Wan and Anakin comic book from, uh, 2016, which was, um, pretty well loved by by most people i think i actually have some of the originals uh that i found at a comic shop in michigan so we'll, we yeah the comicsology uh reviews on that are pretty high yes. so i'm looking forward to it yeah pretty highly rated also wanting to look uh, at uh from the journals of obi-wan kenobi which was uh uh let's see here the the well the trade was released in 2020 so we'll, we'll, we'll look through that, and that's that's a couple of different stories, so we'll, we'll probably take a look at that. But yeah, we have a lot, we, we have a lot to look, uh, look through, and then eventually, probably once Kenobi Mania stops running wild on everybody, um, kind of want to get into a couple of other things. I know you'd mentioned the Forced Unleashed novelization, uh, which, which uh, could be pretty interesting to take a look at. I know you played those games uh, quite a bit when you were younger, so that should be pretty cool. Um, but yeah, there, there's a lot. I had actually, uh, also, I don't know if it's coming out anytime soon, but there's supposedly going to be a novel for Cal Kestis before, uh, that'd be Fall a good Order idea. Two comes out. So that'd be pretty good. A uh, little filler piece of content. Yeah. Get I some mean, games. Geez, in you there. could make a pretty good sized book about that. Really? Yeah, for sure. I, I think that'd be cool. And we, I mean, we'd even talked about, you know, kind of getting into, um, you know, Lego Star Wars kind of doing a little bit of a, an actual review sort of maybe, you know, once I actually get in there and, and play the game a little bit. But yeah, yeah, man, I, I think we've got a lot. We've got a lot to a uh, lot to unleash. We're, we're going to we're, we're going to unleash it like For the like, force. Yeah, that that. thing. But we're not doing that yet because Kenobi. <laughs> it's all about <laughs> Kenobi. So uh, before we get into our sort of review here. How's your week been? Yeah, pretty, uh, pretty decent. Actually got off a little early today, decided to leave around lunchtime and <laughs> just kind of relax a little bit. Just say, ah, screw it. Done with work. Uh, weekend was pretty uneventful. Had a little nerd day, had some friends over and played some Lego star Wars and Elden ring and whatnot. And yeah, not a whole lot going on. Just, Chugging through. What about you? Before I say it, so, so you've been playing Elden Ring? Yeah, yeah. I actually got that uh, a week or so after launch. Um, I haven't gotten super far into it. I'd say without like going into spoilers, learning about the story, I would guess 
without research them halfway through the main story. <laughs> right. That's what they all <laughs> say. I, I say halfway through because like half of the map seems to be unlocked, but nope. I feel like I'm just going to hit this zone. It's like, by the way, this is the first half. And you're gonna go down into the pits of hell yeah. and start fighting bosses. So I, I, who knows? I've watched some gameplay on this, and like you, you get the map, and then you hit like the undercity. There, there's, yeah. there's so yeah. much of the game. It's, it's insane. So yeah, okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, pretty, pretty good game. I'd highly recommend it. Um, very, very time consuming. You got to dedicate. I, a lot of people say around 80 hours. I would say if you really want to experience the game, I would say closer to 100. Yeah, that's, yeah. Because the exploration in this is really similar to, like, Skyrim without holding your hand. So, I mean, there's a lot to discover in the game, and I'm already on my second character because I decided to be an idiot and do a samurai my first <laughs> playthrough, and that was pretty brutal. I got through like two bosses. Like I can't do this. I'm going to cheat and do magic. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, no, it's a, it's a pretty fun game. I would highly recommend it to anyone. It's actually getting me interested in trying dark souls and all the other games. So very cool, man. Yeah. Very cool. So yeah, no, my, my week's been pretty normal. It's just been busy work wise, had some higher ups come into town. So we've been kind of doing a lot of that sort of stuff and, you know, preparing for the, uh, for the holiday and, uh, you know, just, just trying to fit, fit a bunch of, just a bunch of stuff in, um, you know, just trying to get out more and, and do, do the things. So yeah, nothing, nothing too crazy. Nothing too crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. It's definitely been a, a beautiful week. Yesterday it was so nice. I was so angry. I was stuck in the building half the day. It was mm-hmm. just perfect day, like 70 and sunny and Definitely made you want to go shop for a new pair of hiking shoes yeah. and go out on the trail. <laughs> no doubt. We'll have to do that at some point, too, for Definitely. sure. All right. Well, let's let's jump into Kenobi here. Um, again, Legends material. I, I guess let's just give first impressions. What was your first impression of the book? Or, or no, what, what's kind of like your overall maybe non-spoilery kind of whatever thought? initial thought whatever uh, my initial thought of this and i'm sure a lot of people might disagree because of how little it really deals with what happened right after revenge of the sith i mean yeah i'm sure people are expecting a book that explains everything he did the first like year or two but i felt like this is a great setup for explaining a lot of little things like why the tuscans never really messed with him and the lars family homestead why you know, he became more of a hermit, why he aged so rapidly, a lot of little things that are kind of, you know, always brought up when you think about the the time gap between Revenge and A New Hope, and I thought everything was done really well. Um, Obi-Wan is written, I think, perfectly. As far as Audible goes, he's voiced perfectly, along with pretty much everyone in this. And I thought it was an amazing book, personally. Sounds like a shill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I, I, I agree. Actually, I, I got to say, I was, um, I was very, very happy with this book. Um, I, I thought that uh, it, was, it was pretty captivating, which is somewhat refreshing 
Because it begs the question: Is it because it's Obi Wan, or just it hit right? No, I, I think it was. I think it was pretty well written. Um, Jonathan Davis, by the way, was our was our narrator, and he he's he's done some Star Wars stuff. He's done a lot, actually. You were talking about the Force Unleashed book. Jonathan Davis does the narration for that Audible book as well. Um, oh, interesting. A, cu- a couple of other ones: uh, Dark Lord, Rise of Darth Vader. Uh, a few things. He's 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 got a pretty good thing, and, and you know we we've been dogging a little bit on Mark Thompson, and um, <laughs> we're just burnout. Yeah, yeah and Robert Petkoff, kind of both of them have, have sort of overstayed the proverbial welcome a little bit. So I I'm I'm perfectly happy with getting some some more voices, but yeah, Jonathan Davis has definitely been uh, out there doing doing Legends material, and I thought he did, as you said, a, a really good job throughout this book. Um, not a terribly long one either. I think, what was it, um, 12? About 13, 13 and a half hours. hours. Yeah, yeah, 13 and a half, uh, which seemed to go by pretty quick. Like I said, I, I was interested in what was going on. Um, there it was a very short story, but it was a very well-crafted story that didn't make it feel short. Mm-hmm. There's even comments like throughout the, the book with uh, Annalise saying, like, oh, I've only really interacted with this guy, like, I think they even marked it perfectly with how long the book was, yeah. ironically enough. But it's a very short story within the span of a week or two, but it's it's so chalked to the brim with, you know, really good content that mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like a short story. Yeah, and it, it's clever in parts. It does a lot of um, integration of other lessons from you know, uh, Kenobi's sort of life and some, uh, parallels, uh, in decision-making, which are, which are interesting. And, uh, and, and yeah, just how he kind of gets set up here, uh, is, is pretty cool. And the characters are all interesting, you know, the, the characters, yeah. um, yeah, they, they were interesting characters and they were written well. And you kind of, you know, you rooted for the ones you're supposed to root to, you root for, you rooted against the ones you're not supposed to root for and all that good sort of stuff, which is, uh, which is nice. But yeah, the writing was good. Um, there were only maybe like one or two things that I, I wish would have been a little different, but nothing, nothing major. One, I, one is major, but we'll, we'll talk about that. So but yeah, overall, I was actually pretty enthralled by the book. So I, I had a really good time with this one. Um, so yeah, I guess we'll just kind of get into spoilers and, and get into the, the heart of the story. But we start out with with Obi-Wan coming to, to Tatooine with, uh, with baby Luke and, um, you know, effectively putting him in the charge of Owen and, and Beru. Uh, we, we have our opening scene where he's, you know, in a, he brings a baby into a bar. <laughs> it's a very Kenobi thing to do and winds up, uh, you know, kind of fighting a uh, couple of galts and um, uh, who was our old guy? We we talked about that before we started. Uh, Ulbrich, right? Ulbrich, yeah. And Ulbrich Martell. <laughs> no, 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 no. Just said make the joke earlier that it sounded like a Game of Thrones character, yeah, but uh, yeah, poor old drunken Ulbrich. It's funny. I was reading through this a second time, and I just kind of imagined a little deleted scene in a new hope where it's like, ah, ah, scum of just hive of villainy scum. Yeah. All of them. 
I took you here once when you were a baby. Yeah. And I got into a bar fight and you almost died. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we kind of move on a little bit here and, and we start to see other points of view. So th- this book is not solely just through the eyes of Obi-Wan. It also goes through the eyes of Oren Galt and Annaline, Annaline or Annie, li- little Annie. Uh, Ann- Don't say Annie. Yeah, Annaline, <laughs> uh, was it uh, Colt? Uh, shoot, what was what was their what was their last Caldwell? Call Caldwell. For some reason, I, I just I had it in my head. I thought it was Cowell, <laughs> and I think that might have been how it was pronounced because it's C A L W E L L, so Cowell or something like that. I kept thinking about cows, like the animal, like Cowell. But well, I mean, they basically <laughs> raised the uh, the Star Wars equivalent of cows. Yeah, so why it's not? True. <laughs> Um, so we meet Annaline or Annie. We meet uh, her daughter, uh, Callie, her son, uh, Jabe. Uh, we have Oren's son, uh, Molin, and his daughter, uh, Vika. Vika. Who yeah. was a twin. Uh, her twin brother was killed by uh, the Sand People. And then we also get, uh, uh, what was our Tuscan leader's name? A Yark. Yep. Or plug eye, or plug eye, depending That's, on which side you're yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, we, we get we do get some perspective from a from a yark and the Tuscans as well. Now, one of the things that we I think we both kind of complained a little bit about with the Boba Fett series was how they were portraying the Sand People, and uh, in this book, it's very different. And plus, Tuscan is not a name that they really recognize either that mm-hmm. I don't remember the, uh, I wish I did. I wish I would have written it down um, because they did sort of explain the name Tuscan in this book, but well, it's essentially an outpost that they, Oh, that's right. Fort Tuscan. Yeah. Thank yeah, the yeah. Fort Tuscan. There we go. Yeah. They slaughtered everyone there. And from that point on, they were called the Tuscan Raiders yeah. appropriately. And uh, I look, we, I don't want to rehash much in, Book of Boba Fett, but I feel like they try to make too many non-hero characters into heroes, yeah. and the Tuscans are one of them. They try to make them martyrs, and Boba Fett in general. But right. the way they they portray the Tuscans is very unapologetic, yep, and very accurate. I feel like compared to the movies and all the other content we have before we start diving into their backstory, because they are, it's right in their name, they're raiders, they're murderers, they're pillagers, and they don't care if you like that in this book. They are who they are. Yep. You can see their perspective without them necessarily being the good guy, and they are used almost as an ally, as a good guy in this book, but at the end of the day, they're not changed. They don't right. view the world differently. They raid differently by the end of the book, but ultimately their goal is to kill humans, kill settlers, and pillage, and that doesn't change. Yeah, and, and the, the settlers are kind of like a, almost like a sacrilege. It's, it's like a, a blaspheme against against their kind of um, belief system. I did find it yeah, interesting. It kind of reminds you of um, the Yuzen Vong, in a way. The way they view them, yeah, I, I, I could, yeah, I could see that because they, 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 they're not fans of technology. Um, one of the things that I did find interesting was the story of the two sons, 
you know, yeah. they, they they went into the whole mythos of the two sons where they were actually like two sons, like human sons who, um, the, the, what was it? The young son was like kind of a, kind of an a-hole and, but he kind of yeah, rose. The, the elder son was supposed to destroy him because yeah. he was going against the old ways essentially. Yeah. And he failed. And thusly they, they're basically running through the skies constantly, you know, hiding and so forth. And this was kind of the creed of the, the Tuscans where, you know, they, they'll strike, but then they'll hide, they'll run, they know when to run and, and so forth. And they, one of the insults was, um, you know, basically being called out as one of the, the kind of younger sons, you know, because that was the, that was the, yeah. the bad one, you know, you were born under the wrong son type of deal. Um, so I, I did find that, that mythos kind of interesting, which is not, it's, it's, it's not a, an uncommon mythos. And I, I, I think it was either in maybe like, uh, possibly in one of the, like, the South American uh, native tribes that also had sort of like a sun and, and moon myth. But I, I, I don't remember that well enough to really speak on it. There was an episode of Star Trek that did something with that too, which I thought was interesting. Um, yeah. And they kind of dived a bit into uh, uh, Indian tribe lore a little bit more too, with the whole, uh, if you have two hands, you can hold a Gadurfi thing. The whole belief that, you know, we're not going to try and fix like one, one of the, uh, the Tuscans, his hand was injured and instead of trying to treat him and heal him, they're just like, well, we don't believe in healing. You are kind of just screwed at this point. If you can't fight, if you can't hold a weapon, we're going to have to leave you here, which some of the more aggressive tribes kind of had the same idea. Yeah, and th- th- this isn't this isn't like a correction or anything, but native tribes, not Indian sure, tribes. Sure, sure. That that that's always been one of those things that that's always just been. It, it's always sat weird with me because they're they're not they're not Indians. <laughs> In, yeah, yeah. Indians sure. are from India. <laughs> it's different. <laughs> but but yeah. Anyway, um, there was also the the explanation of the the wraps that they wear. So essentially, they just add to the wraps over time, and it's like. There was the part where yeah, if, if you there's have a, rock, a scab or some yeah, kind of matter. damage, they, you just have to deal with it the rest yeah, you, of your you life. Just deal with, if a rock gets in your wrap, you just deal with it. So it's um, it's definitely a lot different. And they con- they're you know they constantly have sores, all that good sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, which kind of goes into their belief system of uh, you know, life is kind of misery, which sure, yeah. they throw out there, and it's like, well, we still have some pleasures as he's as they're like killing something, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. yeah, they, they kind of just deal with misery and pain kind of goes back to the whole using Vong thing. Like pain is just a thing. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to avoid it, but right. Yeah. I mean this, this definitely made me care a little more about the Tuscans. Certainly cared more about them from this than I did in Boba, mm-hmm. which is weird for me because again, they're not portrayed as something to feel bad about like everything that happens to them you don't really care by the end of this book like they kind of deserve to be wiped out but you learn more about them in a way that's genuine you're not turning a villain into an anti-hero you're just teaching about what they are see i I would i would kind of in a way that's more genuine yeah i would kind of disagree though because it you know, it just depends on, it's like a chicken or the egg. 
because technically you could you could argue that they were there first and the settlers are sure. taking their land so at that point they're they're fighting for it just like native native tribes in in the Americas did as well so for me while it's it's not genteel to talk about a culture of you know of killing because effectively that is what they do at the same token you are encroaching on what they habitually believe to be theirs and they're in quotations defending it so i i think that that's one of those sort of morally ambiguous things but but they don't try and change them like they tried to in in, in boba fett where they yeah. were more cooperative well the tuscans here might be cooperative towards the end of the book they're they're still they still have their raiding ways they're still going to be tuscan warriors and that that's a that's not changed um sure and obi-wan actually uh harps on that pretty well about three quarters of the way through the book he he's having this discussion with annalise about it and um annalise she's like well annalise yeah, sorry no, i don't know why i keep saying annalise because um, annalise is a nicer name yeah, I guess so. Uh, she she makes a comment. Well, don't make me feel bad for the the raiders. Yeah. And he makes a comment. All life is sacred, regardless of if we agree with and understand their ways or not. Yep. And that, that's something that new Star Wars doesn't really. I don't want to say it's a new Star Wars problem, but like we said, we're trying to change these characters yeah. into something more relatable when they don't have to be. Well, that, they are what they are. That that's a current day problem where it's not live and let live. It's here is a set of ideals that everybody should live by. Yeah, you know, and and, and if we can put this character true. in that set of ideals, whether they follow it or not, they're more relatable. Mm-hmm. So then we start to like them. Yeah, but you don't have to like everything. But at any rate, so we kind of open our book here with a with a raid against a, uh, a farm, one of the moisture farms, and the subsequent uh, defending of that farm by Oren Galt and his, his, uh, his posse. Um, and interestingly, they have kind of a, uh, like an alarm system uh, mm-hmm. that that's be uh, what do they call it? Like a, the fund. The settler's call. Yeah, the settler's call. Thank you. So... They had set up this settler's call, which is effectively like uh, just just an all points bulletin, an APB out to everybody and come help. Uh, it, it has a crate dragon ringtone. Uh, so it's an APB CD because you got the crate dragon yeah, exactly. in there to defend them. <laughs> so you know the crate dragon will scare the the Tuscans, but if they aren't completely gone based on the sound, then you know the rest of this posse comes through and they'll kind of deal with it. Now they do kill one of the the older settlers here, but the rest of the family is uh, is preserved, and we we get this picture very early on of Oren, who is who has a massive amount of land, lots of moisture evaporators, so he he's doing a lot, and even unique moisture evaporators too, because mm-hmm. he's making some water that's like the best water period. It's like constantly cold, all that good sort of stuff. We talk a little bit which about we that. actually. Which we actually find out is actually uh, Annalie's late husband's recipe. Yeah, essentially. Which did you did you find that interesting? Because I I found it interesting the whole messing with settings on these. Like 
So it's it's. I guess I don't. Maybe I'm ignorant, but I don't see how you can. I mean, is it based on how much of the minerals you're pulling in with the water, or yeah. like you're changing the flavor and the natural coldness of the water in a desert? Yeah. And I don't know. Obi Wan seemed to like it quite a bit. Oh, he he so. loved it. He really enjoyed the water. He's like, man, to heck with the blue milk. I'll take this water. <laughs> well, some of that water, man. Yeah, th- that was kind of weird, but I did think it was sort of interesting because, like, it kind of it kind of harkens back to like you know, like moonshiners, like moonshiners. They all mm-hmm. had their their own unique blend and their own way of of making the moonshine. It's like it, you watch that show on Discovery, kind of a you know crappy reality TV, but like <laughs> each one of them had their own like different still and different mm-hmm. ingredients going into the mash and everything. So it kind of felt a little bit like that, but just with water. Right. It may or may not be alcoholic. We don't know. <laughs> yeah. We're not, well, it was ironic though. That, uh, early in the book, uh, the first bar scene, uh, Oh crap. I already forgot his name. The older farmer. Ulbrick. 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 Uh, he's like, you slip something into my drink and obi-wan's like do you think they're watering it down <laughs> and the bartender's like the bartender's like yes we tend to use the most expensive commodity <laughs> to water down our liquor that's how we make our money yeah i actually didn't <laughs> think about that that was that was really that was actually really funny i love that bartender he's super snarky yeah i just super entertaining he was i'm gonna stop talking to you now yeah <laughs> he, he was fun so we get a little bit more into into the sort of Galt clan here, and the Galts, and then our um, uh, geez names Cowwells. Um, mm-hmm. They're they're kind of intertwined in a lot of ways. Um, Annaline's uh, husband, who was Danar, Danar seemed to me like. He seemed to me like he was the idea guy and Oren was like the salesman. That that kind of the vibe? That and also as far as personality from what I hear of him, I kind of get the feeling that Oren tries to act like what Danar was. That makes sense. As far as like how he treats people. Yeah, that makes sense. That actually makes a lot of sense. Um, we see his kids who have, by Oren's own admission, have like no... Uh, empathy for anybody. They're kind of yeah, rotten in a way. And like Vika's a uh, severe alcoholic severe. and just likes to go out with her little crew and terrorize the bars yeah. and other people. Well, she's, she's also uh, kind of like dating uh, Zabe or, or Jabe, excuse me, Jabe, Annaline's son. Hard, hardest name in the entire book to remember. Yeah. For some reason. Yeah. For some reason. But, um, yeah, so, so that's kind of strange. And then we, we get a lot here with Oren trying to effectively sell the, the, the call, the settler's call to a bunch of different people. We do uh, find Ol- man, Ulbrich. Ulbrich. God, our names. I'm just instantly forgetting <laughs> them. You know, trying to get him involved because he's apparently a very rich person. It's kind of like that, that, one, that one country song, um, uh, people are crazy, you know, 
he meets yeah. a guy in a bar who winds up being a millionaire, you know, but he's just having a beer. Um, yeah, except for in this story, he's trying to kill the millionaire and take his money instead of just well, that, burn it. Spoilers. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. But things seem pretty, pretty good, actually. So you have this, you have the claim, which is, uh, you know, sort of general store, diner, bar. Um, that, and also a gun rack. Yeah. Like they sell, they sell weapons as well yep they sell weapons they have uh rentals animal rentals and speeder rentals like a little, uh, speeder repair shop yep. and so it, yeah. it, and this is all called the oasis this is basically mm-hmm. the farmland and the, the the claim and everything it's all the oasis and it sounds really cool so you have a community yeah. that supports each other they're all very close they're, you know, they're uh, keeping each other safe. They have a cool little store. And then all of a sudden, a little man. The company and, store. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> Sold my soul to the. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's kind of true. But then this this guy, this, this crazy guy comes in. Crazy Ben just has to come in and ruin everything for everybody. Like He gets his ideas from the sky. <laughs> Yeah. Or was it the air? I can't remember which one it was. Oh, yeah, it's like, we pull our water from the air, and he gets his ideas from the yeah. air. <laughs> so Obi-Wan kind of comes in more really for parts, but mm-hmm. the way we all start this whole sort of relationship is Annalene and Cat. well, Callie, uh, gets effectively dragged away by a, it was a do-back, right? I believe so. It's the same creature that Obi-Wan has. Right? No, uh, no, he he had. Or no, he has. Uh, oh, what are they? Uh, crap. The EOP. EOPs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So no, I, I'm pretty sure she got dragged along by a really rascally do back, mm-hmm. and Obi Wan winds up saving her and really Annalene as well, um, effectively using the Force, although they don't know that. Now, our Tuscan does see this and actually mistakes mm-hmm. and thinks Annalene is the one who, uh, what did they call them? Sky shapers or wind shapers? I think it was sky shaper. Yeah. yeah. Water, fire, <laughs> earth, air. Sky. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, a little bit of a mistake in identity there, but Annalene, it will, Callie instantly like thinks Obi-Wan is like the coolest person in the world. She's telling stories at the bar. She got a little, she got a little crush on Obi-Wan. hundred percent. Of course, Obi-Wan doesn't look like a decrepit old man yet. yet. He's still got the, he's got the, the fancy beard and everything. Not that, not that Clone Wars goatee, but he's still good with the ladies. He also says hello (laughs) there in this book, which was, which was nice. Hello there. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan. We also get the little, uh. The eye twitch moment when he hears, oh, everyone calls me Annie. It's like, well, everyone can call you Annie, but I won't be saying that at all. Yeah, that one was, uh, that was, who boy, parallels. Talk about parallels. Um, but anyway, so not only does he save Callie from the dewback, raging dewback, but there was also a Sarlacc out there as well. So they, you know, he does his good deed. He figures out that they have the store and effectively he kind of gets his run of the store. He has credits and they do take Republic credits, which is still good. Um, even though, you know, Watto wouldn't take Republic credit, Republic credits. Uh, it's just, that's just like uh, trying to get rid of a investment that's about to tank. Like <laughs> we take my credits. I'll buy everything you have. Yeah, exactly. 
And he actually does have quite a big list here, but unfortunately, as with anything Obi-Wan, things don't necessarily go the way that he wants them to. Kind of gets in a little bit of a scrap with uh, with the Galt kids and their, uh, what was his name? Was it Zeb? The other, yeah. the, their big yeah. bruiser. Um, and, you know, kind of walks out without all of his stuff. Well, and I love how... No one notices or realizes what a lightsaber is in this. Like, oh, it's it's dark. This beam of light is shining, and I have no idea that it's a lightsaber. There are, yeah, there's several several instances where Obi Wan does become physical and does use his saber. Now he tries to kind of cover that up in a few different ways, but yeah, I mean, you are on the outskirts. You're in the outer rim, so they know what Jedi are, which we hear later. But he kind of disguises it well enough. Um, I mean, geez, Annie knew what a laser sword was at the I age know, of nine. I know, so. I know, I know. <laughs> um, but it, at any rate, as we go along, uh, Annaline is, is kind of taken with, with Kenobi fairly early. She even goes up to his house, uh, stops a, a, a bantha cub from attacking his house. Um, <laughs> And which was hilarious. It was pretty funny. Like, it's like just how out of control, like not in control of the situation Obi-Wan was. <laughs> it's like, man, you really should learn how to, you know, commune with the uh, the creatures of the forest, man. Yeah, didn't learn beast mastery, right? I'm u- <laughs> I was usually so good with animals. Uh, apparently not, Obi. But um, they also have a nice little little date when everybody's out at the pod races. Not the boon, it's not a boon to the Eve classic or anything like that, but it's still pretty sick. Um, he makes her terrible food, and you know yeah. she's starting to realize there's more to him. She points out she's pretty perceptive. Um, you know, points out that he's he's clearly very sad. He doesn't want to talk about his past. A lot of people try and kind of kind of like nip it out of him, but he's just he's been very steadfast about not talking about it. Melancholy. Yeah. Is what comes to mind for his attitude through this entire book. Yep. Completely understanding that he could have a lot of connections with no ability to do it. And by the way, we haven't mentioned yet, even though we've already gone through a couple of sections with him, we have some meditation portions yep. of this book that are absolutely perfectly done. Um, essentially trying to commune with Qui-Gon, although we never uh, get a response from him in the book, uh, these were some of my favorite parts of the book. Yeah. Not hearing from Qui-Gon in the book was actually a little bit of a gripe of mine. I kind of wish they would have had at least like a short little something thing at, at the, the end. end. Yeah. Yeah. But they didn't. And that's just, you know, one of those things like even Qui-Gon sort of connection here is like, uh, in quotations, force ghost is a little dubious at this point. he, he obviously has been able to break through, but he doesn't break through in the same way that like Yoda and Obi-Wan mm-hmm. do later um, because he's effectively pre- and presumably the first he's one to do it. He's learning it and he's passing on knowledge to someone yeah. that essentially will just get better and better as they... And, and to an extent, that natural progression is one of the only reasons I don't get super angry at how easily everyone can become a Force Ghost because it is pass down knowledge mm-hmm. at this point and it i don't know I, it, for that reason alone i don't get why people get super angry about that yeah well i mean 
I know. So, I know. So there are some, there are certainly some instances where it's overdone, but this does kind of make sense of it. Anakin. <clears throat> How would he have known? Now, when did he have time to learn that from Obi-Wan? As he was dying. As Vader. As Vader. <laughs> just, just as he was dying on the ramp, he's like, Anakin, I have something I need to Rep- tell you. Anakin, repent, and I will show you the way in five seconds. Just do this. Anakin, okay. shut up for once in your life and just listen to me. Okay, I'll try it. Did he do it? It's no. Do it's, he, did it's he? One of the, it's one of those things where like he got all the knowledge of all the Jedi, just like Ray did at the end of Rise of Skywalker, just long enough to learn God. how to be a Force ghost. I am all the Jedi. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Okay. I wish I was all the Jedi when I was fighting Palpatine. Maybe I wouldn't have gotten <laughs> shocked so damn bad. <laughs> oh, for sure. So anyway, um, Oren is trying to sell Kenobi on this, on this, you know, this scheme of his. And they can kind of see he has some money. Maybe not a lot, but he has some. Uh, Obi-Wan is, is, is definitely not really into all this. And, and, Annalene also points out, you know, the harder you're trying to seem inconspicuous, the more conspicuous you seem. Like he's clearly new at hiding, and yeah. uh, and, and that's that's pretty true. He, he he's mm-hmm. probably going about hiding in the worst possible way. Um, but yeah, and I love how he interacts with Ord about the settlers call thing. It's like someone who's trapped in a timeshare presentation, yeah. <laughs> trying. Not to buy a timeshare yeah. is essentially how it goes. Here, let me show you all my all my machines, and here, drink the coldest water north of the Rockies. <laughs> when you when the when the mountains turn blue, you know it's cold. Uh, well, I haven't been honest with you the last two hours, sir, but I'm flat broke, and I can't afford this subscription. <laughs> That's okay, brother. We have payment plans. I did think it was funny that they called it a subscription. Yeah. I I found that to be and a it's a too trust, modern, you know. That was at the end. It's like, oh, it was a it's a trust, right? A a, a, a trusty subscription service. It's yes. like a trust. Is this the only trust on Tatooine? <laughs> no one's. What other trust is there? <laughs> yeah, that was that was kind of funny. So we we kind of get moving through here, and we are eventually uh, raided by the Tuscans. The the uh, the the call, or excuse me, the uh, claim is um is attacked and uh Ulbrick is is uh you know holding some of them off in the, in the store uh you know after our little little terrible lunch uh between Obi-Wan and Annaline you know some of the gults come back and there's open fighting and um and then Obi-Wan kind of goes in there and deals some business uh, under cover of fire retardant, you know, sort of one of the uh, little fire extinguishers and just gives Ulrich all the all the credit. So he's got more stories to tell. <laughs> Our poor Rodian. Is this around the time that Iark realizes that Annalene isn't the force user? Or is that nope. a little bit further later? Ahead? Yeah, that's definitely later okay. because we have a confrontation between Iark and Annalene and Annalene tells her to go and, and they do go. Um, so yeah, there's there's a little bit of apprehension there, but yeah, Obi Wan's still maintaining his cover at this point. But also at this point, we start to see a change in Oren. 
He's mm-hmm. a little bit more dismissive of Obi-Wan. He doesn't quite want him around. And we see um, a pretty 180 turn here. I, I do have to say this. Orin in the first half of the book is someone you could totally like, I, th- I think. Oh, yeah. He, he's, he's just, you know, down-home farm guy with his evaporators, and he's doing his thing, and you're like, okay, this is all good. This is nice. But then you start to see that it's not nice. And under the sort of veneer, we find that Orin is severely in debt to the huts. He has leveraged everything that he could. He can't make the the best water because that was his old friend. Um, And he's basically a nutball. He is insane. He started the whole conflict between the Tuscans and these settlers. He staged attacks on both sides. Yeah, not only does he stage attacks, he actually... He acts like Tus- him and his kids and a few other people dress up as Tuscans yeah. to scare not only his competition, but the people, the outliers who will not pay into the fund. Yep. To either drive them out of business or to get them to finally break down and pay for the fund. Yep. Which, all, all of this is so ridiculous. It's like... And to an extent, I can understand, like, wow, you get yourself in debt with the huts and you just spiral into this this lifestyle of trying to deal with it because it's essentially uh, a lone shark on steroids. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you have a lot looming over you with that. So I can understand that. But even um, Annalene makes comments like, all you had to do is ask for help. Yep. Like, we, you had so many people around you who respected you and cared for you that would have helped you, but you just hit it and you were a jerk about it exactly. essentially yeah and, w- and there's a lot of talk in this book and it it parallels anakin's fall very well but there's a lot of talk of making those first few steps down the wrong way and turning back uh jabe is focused on heavily with this yep. as well as Oren, and it's well handled by obi-wan but yeah, it's clear about halfway through the book that Oren is too far down this path to really come back. Nope, agreed. And he, he's using the funds from the Settler's Call uh, to, to pay back. And this is actually something that Jabba likes because he's like, it's something he understands is a protection racket. Um, yeah. So that that's something there. Uh, one thing that we, we did kind of gloss over before we got into the Oren crazy part is the fact that after the Tuscans attack, it doesn't go well. The call is activated, and they're basically funneled into a like a gorge or, or you know some choke point, and they're basically slaughtered. It was like forty-eight, I think, was the count, right? Yeah, including uh, Iark's last living son, last I believe. Son. Exactly. And Which at this point we find out our Iark is a female. Is a female. That's correct. And and yet. Is- so basically Sorry, there's there's a lot of slaughter here and uh obi-wan actually tussles with iark's son who was already shot he was it was a last ditch attempt but at this point we have kind of a negotiation between obi-wan or ben uh and and iark to kind of go their separate ways for now um and he starts to reveal that he is a jedi not Anlene. And that's where where Iark starts this whole um, trip down the road, and we get into some some interesting lore 
with uh, Sherrod Het, who is a former yeah. Jedi Knight who actually came to Tatooine and became a Tuscan warlord. Yeah, and I believe uh, lineage-wise, she ends up being um, sister-in-law <laughs> to him. Essentially, now... Her sister marries him, I believe. Well, Sherrod Het's wife, uh, I don't have that name pulled up, I don't think. She was a human that was taken by Ayark's father. That's how oh, they were re- yeah. replenishing yeah, at the time. Yeah. And then, yes, uh, she married Sherrod and came, uh, had a son, um, Asherod Het, so effectively similar name. And Asherod was actually uh, trained as a Jedi, but became a Sith, uh, mm-hmm. Darth uh, Crate, I think if I'm mm-hmm. saying the name right. And I'm not... Yeah, which is... Which is a Sith that uh, has interesting lore. We yes. should go through that sometime. I, yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. I think it's a little bit out of our scope now, but I 100% agree. And one more quick tie-in here. Sherrod Het was killed by Aura Singh. Yep. Which was, uh, yeah, I had forgotten about that. And we see her in episode one as looking out mm-hmm. at the, the Boonta Eve, also uh, yeah, yeah. involved with Django, and then kind of not really raised Boba Fett, but was around Boba Fett when uh, he was young. Has a long, long history, uh, Oris. Yeah. And as far as For, former Jedi, Jedi Padawan, by the way, too, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just. Uh, focusing on the rest of this little backstory um i forget exactly what they call this event but essentially three to four cycles prior to this uh we find out the tribe that anakin slaughters is actually the leader of that tribe is um oh i just lost her name plug eyes husband and Mm -hmm. they are essentially the uh the survivors trying to pick up the pieces from what Anakin destroyed. Yeah. Very, very interesting. That, that whole thing that the tie in with Anakin and, uh, ha- he kind of destabilized the Tuscans when you really look yeah, at for it for quite a while. And they became far let far more timid. And this leads then to Oren escalating the conflict because his business started to tank. Um, Mm -hmm. So Anakin, interestingly enough, the balance bringer bought, brought, started all of this. Well, he, he, (laughs) he, he brought some balance to Tatooine. The Tuscans stopped doing their rating for a little bit and then Oren screws it up. So Anakin's always bringing balance. Now, how long that lasts. And he's always giving (laughs) Obi-Wan more headaches. (laughs) Oh, little Anakin. And even Obi-Wan, comments on this like, i'll have to look into this in the back of his mind it's like ah anakin again yeah and we we do talk a l- little bit about the lars Klieg lars and his uh-huh. group that we already yeah. know about uh shmi uh skywalker lars and everything so we, we hear a little bit about that as well but uh let, let's kind of continue down the story because this is really when it starts to turn uh dark Oren gives, uh, hey, hey, Annaline, go to go to the city, have fun with your kids, get get a speeder. We got you, we got you the speeder. That's a lease. Yeah, that's a that's a lease. Um, yeah, and she takes Ben. They have a nice little coffee shop moment, you know, where they're 
they're almost letting some stuff up. And then, interestingly, we have the first sightings of the Empire. Mm -mm. We have an officer and a stormtrooper showing up here, and this sort of shuts Obi-Wan down. But uh, through this, we we get a little bit more into uh, Oren's kind of entanglements with with the Huts, And still at this point, you're kind of like, oh, okay, well, he did just slaughter people, but... You know, it, I mean, we, we kind of get it. He's he's just in some stuff. It's it's going to work out. He's but, just stressed, man. But then it gets it gets so much worse. He, he proposes marriage, which is just down to trying to take the very, money. Very awkwardly proposing it. Like, it gets... Yeah. It goes downhill That goes downhill quick. so quickly. And then it gets really creepy. Yeah, it's like, I can marry... After that. I can marry your daughter. You know, it's like, uh, let, let's not do that what was like she's almost 20 in three years (laughs) (laughs) i i mean she's almost 20 yeah that was that was weird and everything starts to fall apart but he sees another opportunity to make old crazy ben as jabe says crazy ben the scapegoat for all of this and effectively they go with the posse to ride him down well Obi-Wan sees this all coming. He, he sees it coming from the start. Annalene gives a little bit of an assist by calling, uh, you know, Jabba's little cronies there to also show up. But Obi-Wan has made a deal with the Tuscans after he stops uh, Oren and his group from really roughing up uh, uh, our old farmer, Ulbrich, again. And now he's, he's marked. Oren wants to, he wants to kill him. You know, this isn't just like getting him out. He, he wants to just straight up kill him. And um, everybody kind of rallies, but the huts show up. And then Annalene also is calling out Oren. So like everything's falling apart. Oren, as, as uh, Iart calls him, what is it? The smiling one? Yeah, yeah. The smile evades him. He He's... You know, his son is killed by a yark. Uh, his daughter, is, you know, runs away. His group is effectively screwed. Obi-Wan has told him a few times by now, leave. Like, don't, yeah. don't walk, do this. He's, walk away. Walk away. He's trying to give or him Or turn way back. Out. Turn back. Yeah, turn back. And he won't. And eventually the end of his story is he basically takes a speeder off. He does a Disney death. He, he didn't die, <laughs> but he takes a speeder off a cliff and is effectively paralyzed. Um, but the Tuscans claim him. They put him in Tuscan wraps and his kind of penance is to work an evaporator for the Tuscans. That's going to be his job. As long as you can give us water, you'll get food. And he he's at this point, he won't speak because he doesn't want to sound like the Tuscans. Um, he's so disgusted by what he now is. And, uh, that's kind of the end of Oren to that point. Yeah. And, uh, essentially the only thing he leaves behind is Vika, which is a very severely damaged person with really not a lot of hope because there's even comments throughout the book. Well, if you want to keep using my money and riding on my coattails and you'll keep doing what I say. Yep. Clearly, you know, she's been abused and not a well-adjusted person, so it's the end of the entire bloodline Effectively. at that point. Yep, you're right. You're right. 
So we refocus on, on aniline and Kenobi, Kenobi basically sets up her future. Uh, we, we had a little bit during the terrible lunch where she has a data pad where she had applied to effectively go to school. Uh, what was, what, do you remember what she was like wanting to study? Like specifically uh, what they called it? Was it, oh, exobiology. I have it. Exobiology. Yeah. So she, she wanted to travel and see different planets and she never did because she got married and her husband died and she had kids. But now Kenobi through his wink, wink connection on wink, wink Alderaan that we totally don't know who that is. Which, good God, I hope she doesn't get stationed on Alderaan for long because the implications there are pretty bad. Dude, I thought about <laughs> that hard. I mean, granted, we have a number of years until, you know, the Death Star destroys Alderaan. Sure. But it's like, God, I hope she wasn't there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they're off. And she thinks that Kenobi's going to travel with them. They all do. Even, even Jabe, who I think is warmed up to Kenobi. I think he's, you know, well, Kenobi yeah. saved him. He saved him from Tuscans. Yeah. Well, and he had actually really looked at Oren as a father throughout this entire book. And right. seeing that finally crash hard in front of him, hard. no pun intended, with the <laughs> speeder chase. But, uh, yeah, he, he had a lot of issues with Kenobi until this point, but I think he really respects him at this point. Yep. Callie's obsessed with him and wants, wants them to be together. So, yep. I mean, the, the kids definitely love him at this point. Yep which makes our next scene even harder, unfortunately. Yeah, Obi-Wan never really tells Annalene. He does reveal that he is a Jedi to Orin because he has to fight a crate dragon, which was yeah. awesome. And let's, yeah. just, let's just think about this for a second. Obi-Wan he, takes down a crate dragon rolled, himself. He gets rolled on by a crate dragon. He's like, nope, yep. I'm going to ride you, and I'll stab you so, in the brain. So, Mando, <laughs> you couldn't take down one of these? I've taken down one single-handedly. Oh, uh, I guess a jetpack would have helped me a little bit, but I really didn't need it. I mean, I just jumped on him and rid him for a little while. It was totally cool. What's that? You have you have a high powered blaster rifle <laughs> and a flamethrower. So uncivilized. I mean, you basically had to use an entire tribe of Tuscans and all the people in that little town. I you're essentially I a tank. Myself. Yeah, you're essentially a tank, and you have an entire <laughs> army. You're kind of pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> I should just take the kid from you. <laughs> where, where, where's my crate dragon steak? I think I deserve tribute here. I am now major domo of this entire land. He, he, he's, he's dead by then. Anyway, um, <laughs> look, I thought that we glossed over it, but that was really cool. I mean, he, he literally kills a crate dragon himself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's what, pretty epic. What the hell? And, and Orin's just watching like, oh, no, I done screwed up. I pissed off the wrong Jedi. Well, the thing is, he he never, I don't think he ever once believes that Kenobi would actually hurt him once he realizes Which he's, is pretty he's a Jedi. Well, he's, he's a Jedi, but he also threatens to give him up to the Empire because he, he sees another avenue. He's like, oh, I could, I could give him up to the Empire and I could make myself something within this new Empire and stuff. And then he winds up paralyzed in Tuscan wraps. So there you go. But um, but back to sort of the end here. Annalene and the kids do wind up leaving Tatooine for good. And their parting, like you said, was 
I mean, it, it sucked. It sucked because, you know, the whole thing is Obi-Wan's task is to watch over Luke. But the fact is, is that he could have had everything. And that's, yeah. you know, that's not really the Jedi code. And he's still very much a Jedi. But the fact is, is that they would have stayed there with him or they would have left with him. They would have been loyal to Obi-Wan as he was loyal to them. And Obi-Wan could have legitimately had it all. And that's that's yeah. the saddest part. Yeah. Even to the point where Annalie's like, well, we can make we can set up provisions to take care of your child and we can we can set the Eopies up on a farm and yep. like you have no excuse whatsoever not to go yeah. with me. And, and th- we can figure this out. That's why I love Obi-Wan so much because he is so selfless. Yeah. He he, he never once considered because like even with Satine, who we get mentions of here, by the way. Uh-huh. Even with Satine, like the whole story is he would have left the the Jedi Order for Satine if Satine would have allowed it and she didn't. And that was the last time he ever thought about doing something selfish. You know what I mean? That was his one bout of selfishness where he said, you know, this is this is the one that I would leave the Jedi Order for. And now he has the chance to I don't want to. I don't want to dog Satine much, he, but have something has, better, more stable. Yeah, and not only that, he has no. He has no one to. Really hold him accountable at this point. He really isn't interacting with Yoda. No one's looming over his soldier, his shoulder, to really tell him how to act. He could take care of Luke and have a family, realistically. But the idea of it even impeding that for an instant, if he was ever put in a position where he had to pick someone over Luke, I mean, you can see that he's clearly thinking 30 steps ahead Mm -hmm. with all this. And he's accepted his fate, that the rest of his life is centered around protecting Luke and the Lars homestead. Yeah, the, the the fate of the galaxy for him hangs in the balance of this child, potentially. Yeah. So he he's he's which ultimately he makes the right decision for the galaxy. Yeah, I guess. I guess so. That loot that loot guy did some stuff, I guess. I mean, he he did he did start drinking green milk later on in his life from those weird sea cows, but you know, I guess that's fine. Just love to edit that scene where you got ghost obi-wan in the background like no luke that's the wrong kind of milk you're going crazy man luke what what the hell are you doing i mean you're just drinking what even is this planet you're man? just drinking I mean, the strange you, you, milk and, and spearfishing like are you going to luke, do anything else? this is the most impractical way to fish i mean come on man i mean look just eat the cows luke just eat the cows look jj manipulated one of the, Alec Guinness's lines to say Ray. I mean, like I'm invested in her, like from beyond the grave. Like, could you just like do something cool again? Oh uh, man. But uh, the, again, I love Obi-Wan because he is completely selfless. He embodies what the Jedi should be in a way that not many Jedi did. Mm-hmm. And he's also well, not afraid to take care master. of business either. Look at his master. Uh-huh. Wonder why? Yeah, no, and that's that's. There's a lot of truth in that, and we we've even talked about. It. A lot of people have talked about it. 
If Qui-Gon would have lived, would Anakin have turned out differently? He wouldn't have fallen, I don't in my know. personal opinion. Maybe. That's a tough one. That's a, There was a lot of manipulation, but I think Qui-Gon might have been able to see through the deception that the council couldn't. And the council was flipping Mace Windu and 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 Yoda the and Yaddle. Crap. And, you know, the council was crap. Well, there was no one on that council that would have helped. <laughs> yeah, I know. Maybe Plo Koon. That's Plo Koon was a pretty cool job. <laughs> oh, Plo Koon. <laughs> that was about it. Oh, boy. They all went out like little B words. Anyway. Well, he went out. He went out even worse. He got shot down. That's right. <laughs> all right. So we end the book on meditations. He's still talking with, with Qui-Gon. No response back, but he's accepted his sort of fate. And Annalene and her, and her children are away. They're going out to live their new life. And uh, that's kind of where we end end our book. Well, no, we end the book with the Tuscans oh. killing a bunch of Jawas. That, yeah, that's <laughs> true. The Tuscans are still doing their thing, but now they've just moved to Jawas. Poor Jawas, dude. L- little victories. You got to train these newbies. <laughs> that's right. Little, Just little victories, stupid Jawas. We are Jawa Raiders. Oh Yay. Yay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, there we go. So that's Kenobi. Ready for ratings? 8.6. Okay, so out of five, what are you what are you giving it and why? 8.6. Come on, real ratings. 5.2. No, out of five, I would say a 4.5. Very, very good book. Okay. Probably one of my favorite books that we've gone through in quite a while. Mm-hmm. It uh, it answered a lot of little simple questions, some things that we hadn't even really, eh, maybe we didn't think too much of. Um, little stories like this, no matter how insignificant they might seem, I feel like this is what makes up the bulk and the meat of Star Wars to me. I don't need one book explaining 10 years of lore, a a little tiny story, a little tiny victory. These are the kind of stories that I crave the most with star Wars. And I thought this was perfectly done. Obi-Wan is very well written in this book, um, portrayed perfectly. In my opinion, there is some interesting characters, even, you know, our villains like Oren are very well written in a way where you understand kind of where they're coming from, just like you do with the Tuscans. Even though they're technically villains, you understand where they're coming from, what they've dealt with. And it makes you think of little things about the movies slightly differently, like we had talked about, say, uh, after Alderaan is destroyed and Obi-Wan is so conflicted about it, it makes you wonder for a second, it's like, well, did he sense... You know, the death of Adeline, was she there? Was her family there? Maybe the kids settled down on Alderaan and had families there. Maybe they were killed and she was off on another part of the galaxy. You never know. But it makes you think of little scenes differently mm-hmm. in the movie. And it just makes you kind of want to rewatch it. So, yeah, overall, very well done book. And yep. I thought it was great. Yeah, so Goodreads here has it at a 4.08 out of 5 with uh, just under 11,000 ratings. I wanted to kind of roll through a couple of these because I think they're kind of funny. Um, Let's see. Uh, Here's a three-star. 
basically, Obi-Wan, he can't do anything. He wants to act. He wants to, but he can't. Okay, well, yeah, okay. Here's another three-star disappointed. Not because it was badly written, because I feel it was presented as something it really isn't. It's called Kenobi. has a picture of youngish Obi-Wan on the cover, but it's not actually about him. That's completely wrong. And I, I can't understand. <laughs> Who's it about then? I can, yeah. Does he explain? <laughs> I, I'm not going to go down the whole thing because I'll be here forever. Um, uh, you know, three star written like a classical Western. Yeah, basically. One star. Uh, least favorite. Uh, let's see. Can't understand high ratings. Looking forward to it. Um, poorly written cross between a rejected Scooby-Doo mystery and a lifetime television script. Scooby-Doo mystery. Yeah. Real, really kind of weird. Another three star. Not as thrilled as the other Star Wars. Expected more out of the author. I found this book to be like Tatooine. Dry. You're clever. <laughs> Are you comparing this to the entirety of Star Wars, like every single book? I'd yeah, no. Here, how is this anyone's least favorite book? Here's another one, two star, lacking subtlety or a proper utilization of transplanting of a Western genre into Star Wars mythos. Lacking subtlety? I don't know that you understand the word subtlety. Um, three star. What? Uh, doesn't Ben doesn't make any appearance until about third of the way through the story. Well, first what? of all, that's not true because he was in the beginning, but they had to set up other characters, which, I mean, it's a story. Um, uh, three star. I would have enjoyed this so much more. If Annalene didn't have a crush on Ben, the climax was a bit much wish. They spent more quiet moments with Obi-Wan. Those were the meditation chapters, but why mm -hmm. would I want to hear? And I would argue that it was actually better because they, had that relationship because it made it harder when she had to leave. Yeah. And, and I, I don't mean to pick out just the, the negative reviews because there are a lot of very positive reviews, but I, I think it's important to kind of see what people are, are not liking about the book so that I can completely crush their souls. Um, look, well, it's one thing if there's a valid one star review, but we sure. haven't really heard one. <laughs> the, this, this book did a fantastic job of tying in a parallel between Obi-Wan's journey with Anakin and another person who had went down a bad path and Obi-Wan realizing that his choice he made was the right choice to make. And now his choice that he has to make here is to be the selfless Jedi because the universe needs this. He right. understands not, things on a much wider scale. That subtlety. Not to mention it kind of protects the the scope of the story of Star Wars from a really gaping plot hole, which a lot of people brought up, how easy would it have been for Tuscans to just wipe out the Lars homestead at a point? You know, and, and, and they, this this sets up why they don't mess with Obi Wan, right? And the Lars homestead. They actually mentioned that very briefly because Iark effectively is like, we need Obi, we need Ben to join yeah. us and and be like the new leader. And maybe there's somebody else on this planet that would make him, you know, want to do this. So they actually kind of hinted at that. And you're right. At the end, they, they don't mess with him at all. By the way, quick question. What did you think about um, when he was doing the Tuscan talk? Because obviously um, he said it in basic. He didn't make a lot of noises and stuff. Iark does speak a little bit of basic because of her, her kidnapped sister. 
But how how did you like the way the the Tuscan like the voices were done? I don't know because I don't really have a baseline of what Tuscan voices are supposed to sound like. They sound unless like a donkey they're making a screaming noise. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Okay. I mean, I would kind of like to know more about that. I guess it's it's the best interpretation I'd probably come up with if I had to voice a Tuscan. Gotcha. They're very rough and uncultured. Yeah. you know, people, so it makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I kind of enjoy that they didn't do too much in the way of sound effects there. They just sort of yeah, said what was... No, that, that would have been yeah. terrible. And it, it's good enough that they just stuck with the crate Dragon. Yeah, no doubt. And no other sound yeah, effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and by the way, I have one question about this, and it's the only problem I have with this book. How in the hell did Obi-Wan not know that his EOP was pregnant? He could have sensed that baby in the force. How is he that confused he's, by he's that? He's not as good with animals as you think he is. <laughs> Other than the fact that it was just really entertaining for him to be that surprised, like, pregnant? Well, he... Obi- it wasn't pregnant when I bought it. Obi-Wan, in his own way, is very naive. So it's yes. kind of cute moment. Especially with women, oh, well, which was kind of funny throughout this book. With everyone, basically. <laughs> Um, yeah. But yeah, so rating, I'm going to I'm gonna go a little bit ahead of you. I'm going to give it a 4.6. Um, really enjoyed the book overall. I kind of wish Price Qui-Gon would have... Right stuff going on right here. What's that? Price is right stuff going exactly. on. Exactly. Right Always got to be just a little <laughs> bit over. But I, I kind of wish Qui-Gon would have spoke at the end. I think that would have really tied mm-hmm. everything up really nice for me. But I really did like the book. I like the musings. I like the story. I like the way we built the characters. It's a very strongly written book. Um, yes. So I, I'm, I'm very happy with it, and I would be more than happy to you know reread it down the road so that's what i got for that yeah i would actually argue that out of the few parts in um in this i don't know like how i compare clone wars to the movies like if i'm doing a rewatch of the movies clone wars would be something if i had the time i would go through all of clone wars this would actually be something i'd go through between revenge and a new hope Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. for a little bit of backstory that's well done. So it's definitely got a good spot. No doubt. So let's do one last little thing before we sign off. What do you think, if anything, from this book could potentially be in the new series? Uh, I'm hesitant to say it, but only because of how they've been dealing with Tuscans already. But I think we do have to acknowledge to some extent how Obi-Wan deals with the Tuscans and ensures Luke's safety in his childhood. Mm-hmm. Because the Tuscans are the biggest threat that the Lars Homestead could really face, potentially, when you think about it. Makes sense. So I think we have to deal with the Tuscans to some extent. And boy, wouldn't it be awesome if that's how we tie in Anakin a little bit. If we actually did something like this where... You follow the story of Iark and her husband's the one affected by Anakin, and we have a flashback of that, maybe a little more extended cut version of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that would be awesome. Yeah, and uh, w- while they were in, was it Mos Eisley? Was that where they went? Pretty sure that they went to Mos Espa. Was it Mos Espa? Mos Eisley is where they uh, left off and they parted ways at the end of the book. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Well, there was a little scene in there when they got their lease speeder that they didn't know was being leased. Um, <laughs> Owen and Baru were in in the town. 
Yeah. So Yeah, because they made the comment, oh, look, they had a child. Yep. And the interesting thing about that is, is that in the previews for the, for the series, we see Owen in town. Mm-hmm. So that's there, now, maybe. I guess I didn't really pay a, a lot of attention. Are we getting like a CGI Owen of the original actor? Are we getting a new actor it's the original for that? Actor. Or they're using the original actor? Yeah. Okay. Original cool. guy. Cool. Um, so... I think that you're probably right. We'll have to deal with Tuscans, but the trailer is very heavy with the Inquisitors. And I mm-hmm. think that that might be the big hype thing where it, maybe there's nothing to do with Tuscans. Quick flashback explaining how we deal with it or just we're past that point. I don't. We'll... I would like to see something, but I don't think we'll see Tuscans actually. I don't think we'll see them. I think that the big bad guy here is the Inquisitors and they're... They're trying to hunt Jedi. Maybe they have a hunch that there's one here, or maybe they don't, and they're just here because. Um, we had both talked about the potential that Obi-Wan does go off-world, which I don't think really fits Obi-Wan's character the more I think about it. You know, because we had even talked, well, what if he goes on little missions? Like, Bale sends him to little mission places. But again, like, that doesn't... I, I don't think Bale interacts with Obi-Wan at this point. Or ever pass Revenge of the Sith, honestly. I think he will. You think so? I think the more I think about it, Maybe I, th- a little I, I think he will. Something. Something will happen. Because I think I think they signed up the actor, if I remember correctly. Oh, really? Um, okay. Let, uh, let, let, me, let me look it up. Uh, you know, as you're looking that up, I'll, I'll fill in the blank space here. My only issue with the Inquisitor quest line in this is... With how well organized Inquisitors are, the problem with bringing any of them to Tatooine is if even one gets an inkling that there's a Jedi on Tatooine, especially Obi-Wan, not only will all of the Empire and all the Inquisitors, if one, you know, if Obi-Wan kills one, they're all going to go down there and investigate. Two... At that point, Vader knows about it. So Vader knows there's a Jedi on Tatooine. And if he knows it's Obi-Wan, that completely kills the continuity of the movies as well. So a couple of other things we do know. Yes, Bale is going to be in here. The the original actor. Well, that's good. um, We'll we'll be in there. uh, Jimmy Schmitz. 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 Okay. Um, Always liked him as Bale. We know that Hayden Christensen is back. So we do know that we will see these two characters at some point or something of them. Um, But you're right. If anybody discovers that Obi-Wan's here, from a logical standpoint, the the planet would be swarmed. And then you kind of break some things. Um, I I feel like maybe they're going a little too grand with the story, but I could be wrong. Because ultimately... There has to be a showdown at least between one of the Inquisitors and Obi-Wan. And how do you cover that up? I don't know. We will see. Wouldn't you think all these Inquisitors would have, you know, a homing beacon on them? They'd be communicating to their brothers and sisters the entire time, wouldn't they? Or is that set up for another series and they're just tying it in to this and making it seem more grand than it really is. Or consider this. 
Boba Fett series was not all about Boba Fett. So what happens mm-hmm. if one or two of the episodes of Kenobi aren't actually with Obi-Wan? And they're dealing yeah. with the Inquisitors on maybe other planets hunting down Jedi. Could be. So the question is, if we don't go so grand with it and maybe we just have a Jedi, say say this, maybe there's a Jedi that knows of Obi-Wan's location, but that Jedi just so happens to get hunted by one of the Inquisitors. One, who's that Jedi going to be? And two is the climax of the story, whether or not he tells the location of Obi-Wan or if he interacts with Obi-Wan in some way, if Obi-Wan helps try to hide him Mm -hmm. or you see maybe a darker side of Obi-Wan where he's like, you're putting my mission in jeopardy. You need to get off world or something like that. Or maybe Bail contacts Obi-Wan and says, hey, there's somebody in trouble. Mm -hmm. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only (laughs) hope. I don't know, yeah, man. I, mean, I personally, I guess the more I think have, about it, I don't think anything. This of course, you have the question. The only too, thing like, that I could see happening is a potential pseudo love interest for Obi Wan, like somebody who, who gets attached to him, and he has yeah. to shut her down. Sure. And of course, you know, you have questions like, are we going to see Ahsoka in this? Okay. We've already seen her in some other things. It's possible. Necessary. Yeah. But it is becoming pretty popular and it'd be a tie-in for her series. So I, it, whether I want to see it or not, it wouldn't surprise well, me. They already shoehorned her in. It wouldn't be a tie-in for her series because that's after all this. True enough. But it would give a little backstory as to what she was doing beforehand. Well, we know what she was doing in Rebels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think inserting Ahsoka would be overkill. I don't think there would be any real use for that. Plus you'd have it would be younger Ahsoka too. True. I mean this is post It'd pretty hard to yeah. yeah. So I, I don't I don't I don't it could be but I doubt it. So I don't know. I'm still looking forward to the series. I did really like this book. It definitely felt like Star Wars, felt like Kenobi like a lot. And I do realize that there's some people that don't like it, but I I thought it was good. So we'll see. Next week. <laughs> More Obi-Wan <laughs> Kenobi stuff. Everybody's going to be Obi-Wan yeah, yeah, yeah. Kenobi'd out by the time now we're let me done. A- let me ask you one thing, though. I don't think it needs it. You know, we had talked about, you know, maybe having a little moment at the end of the book where Qui-Gon talks with Obi-Wan. Do you think it would have been kind of interesting to have a Vader perspective at this point, kind of just reflecting on his master? Not necessarily like a hate-filled, rage-filled, you know, monologue of him wanting to hunt down his master or anything, but just something where he reflects on a period of his life with Obi-Wan. You know why Vader was cool in the original trilogy? He didn't know anything about him. He's just scary. Yeah, but who's more fleshed out at this point than Vader? <laughs> but that's <laughs> not but that's even something I'm, I complain about anymore. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying though is that like as Va- we flesh out Anakin, we we, True. we flesh out Anakin in live action and, and in the uh, cartoons and everything in the animated series. At this point, I don't need to flesh out Vader. I just need Vader to be Vader. We already empathize with Vader because we know mm-hmm. his entire story. 
what I want to be able to react to is Obi-Wan and potentially a kid Luke. That's what I want to react to, not Vader, personally. Yeah, and it's something that luckily the the movies allotted for because we know at some point Luke had interacted with Ben. He knew of him. So Mm -hmm. I think that would be the most interesting part of this series. Not the Inquisitor stuff, not all the other stuff. It's just like this book, the simple interactions uh, of just Luke acknowledging Mm -hmm. Ben. And him acknowledging who he is. You know, maybe that's when we have a, a little PTSD flashback of his father. Maybe, maybe Luke, d- maybe he runs into Luke and he does something that reminds him of young Anakin. Yeah. Yeah. You know how in the prequels we always knew it was going to happen to Anakin? Mm-hmm. In a very small way, we also know what's going to happen to most of these Inquisitors, except the one, the new one. Mm-hmm. Who do you think's not going to be left at the end of the series? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe Obi-Wan turns her. Maybe he destroys her. I don't know. We'll find yeah. out more. Got a while, though. Got a little while for the series, so got to wait. Certainly would be interesting to find out. No doubt. So I think I think that the that's probably about it for today. Unless you had any other thoughts, uh, that's about it. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, folks, uh, let us know what you. Oh, and I. Yeah. Go ahead. W- one thing I, I had mentioned earlier that there was a potential Fallen Order uh, book. I kind of looked that up. I was wrong about that. There is a comic series in the works. Ah. Uh, not a book. Okay. Cool. 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 That's not Which bad. Though. Would be still kind of cool. Yeah. I would. I would go through that. Yeah. Sure. Well, all right, folks, uh, you know, we'd love to hear from you. We always say this at the end of the episode and sometimes during the episode, but if you've read this book, let us know what your thoughts are. Do you think any of this will be in the series? What do you think about the series, Obi-Wan, any of our picks that we're going to cover in the next couple weeks that we talked about earlier? Uh, you can find us at uh, TC Plan Podcast, you know, Twitter, Facebook, Or just send us an email to tcplanpodcast at gmail.com. And we'll discuss whatever you got if you send us something. I promise. Uh, But yeah, I I think that's about all we have for this week. So you'll have a good rest of your week. And as always, may the Force be with you.